Here we go. We're going to see how this goes. I get to see into the hearts of, of coaches and athletes yes. so quickly. We can have this adrenaline rush in the moment and still be the image bearers of Christ that we are called to be. My passion is for the life of Christ to be lived out through me. I mean, Seth turned a little red when he was talking. It was really, really good. I get really excited. We want to find an easier time. We want to find a better time. And it's never going to appear. The best time is now. Zach, you're dropping proverbs on us, man. My work as coach is a minister of the gospel. Man, I am looking forward to more conversations around this. You guys are the best. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Competing Biblically podcast. Um, Seth here with Nick and Pancake. As always, we are back with you for... This is going to be episode number 35 of the podcast. Woo-woo. And uh, thanks to you guys, last week was our biggest week so far on the podcast as far as listen. So we're excited that this thing is growing. People seem to be enjoying it and getting things out of it. Uh, so thank you guys for being a part of that. We're glad to be on the journey with you. Um, but yeah, how, how are we doing today coming into this conversation? Yeah, I think growing, learning, the beauty of this stuff and beauty of, of being in the handbook is that you know, I think I'm taking away more than anyone listening. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's definitely God is using it to transform me. We shared on a, we had our first HAP call last yes. night. Um, so we're taking a group, our first competing biblically Zoom call. We'd love for you to join us. Our, the next two calls are the first and 15th of um, November. So, man, hop on out. You need a copy of, of the handbook. We'll get it to you. But, yeah, the first group that we got to come together to think about competing biblically and talk about this stuff. And, yeah, I think the big thing for me is God is using this to shape me as a person in sport, as a sport minister, as a husband, as a father, as a citizen, as a church member, that God is just really using this season of thinking about competing biblically to change the way that Lindsay and I are approaching mm-hmm. all of our life. So, yeah. man, I'm excited. We're going to talk about Ephesians 5 today, which is one of my favorite passages of scripture. So let's yeah. go. Yeah. And um, if you want to be on that call, like I said, it's the first, so Monday, ev- the first and third Monday night of each month. Um, I'll put the registration link actually right in the description of the show if anyone wants to to register for that. We just introed the HAP um, on our first call, so you haven't missed walking through any of the chapters, so you, it's not too late to hop on there. Um, so we encourage you to. We had, I think, 14 people on that call last night, so it was fun. It was really enjoyable, and I'm excited for all of us to be able to grow together um and if anyone is listening that was on that call shout out to you thank you guys for for going on this journey with us yeah um i'm super excited uh i know nick uh just kind of mentioned i just want to echo what he's saying but uh for myself i just feel as i'm going through this book i'm just learning so much and i know i got to uh, apply some of this stuff last year uh in a in a season but man i'm just so excited to go through this thing again in depth, recording this thing to use as the basis of why I compete and how I do that um, through this next season. Uh, And really just seeing how people view that differently and being able to give an account for why I do that um, has just been awesome. So yeah, 
uh, super happy to be back here again with you guys. Yeah, I think, I mean, every time I come in here, I feel like I got a million things going on. I just finished, um, I, I'm actually off this week of school, so this is my reading week uh, right in between, right in the middle of my semester. But man, every time I think I get to this week, I'm like, okay, once I get to this week, I'll have this week off, I'll be fine, I'll get rest and recover. And every time I get to this week, there's 14 other things that I have to do during the week. Um, so I always just feel super scattered. But man, I, I'm just hoping this podcast like gives me back that life and that focus um, as it always does. So yeah. I think it's funny they call it a reading week or a reading day. Who reads? Ain't, ain't nobody reading. <laughs> During this week off Hey Zach's reading the hap So Praise the lord for that <laughs> So So where we are today In our conversation We are in chapter 4 Of the handbook On athletic perfection And like I always say Check out the Ron Brown videos On Kingdom Sports Online I link those In the description Of every episode We're doing On this They're very helpful So last time We talked about Oh and If you are someone who sporadically has been listening or who co- pops in and out now and again. Again, I encourage you to, um, if you want to do this conversation on the handbook on athletic perfection, start at the beginning of the season. I think it's episode 29 or 30 that we began this season. It's episode 30. But we really encourage you to start all the way back at the beginning. The com- when we walk through the competing biblically framework, it's a lot of material, but all of this builds on one another. It's all important. Um, we reference a lot of things from the first season from the framework here. So it'd be really helpful if you did that first, but yeah, don't just pop in and listen to the latest episode. If you're someone who's been kind of popping in and out, listen to them in order. It'd be much more helpful and advantageous, I think for your growth. Uh, but that being said, last week we talked about, Oh, I'll start at the beginning. We laid out the standard of what perfection is. This is the handbook on athletic perfection. Talked about what perfection is. If you haven't, if you don't know that or don't know what we're talking about, start in episode 30 or 31 and listen to that because we lay that out. And then we talk about, then we introduce the Holy Spirit. And then last week we talked about the role of the Holy Spirit in leading us into perfection, what the Holy Spirit does. And today we're talking about our role in responding and our responsibility to the Holy Spirit. Uh, This chapter is actually called A Christian Athlete's Responsibility to the Holy Spirit. So that's what we're talking about today. And we're jumping right in by going into Ephesians 5, which is kind of the the main scripture for this chapter. So Zach, I don't know if you want to read Ephesians 5. Uh, Yeah, so Ephesians 5, 15 through 21 starts with, Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. There is so much <laughs> in Ephesians 5. Mm-hmm. But to kind of get us started, I think one of the biggest, one of the biggest things uh, that jumps out to me is this. I think I've shared this several times, but this verse 
in Ephesians five eighteen. That was a, a big verse for me. Don't be drunk on wine, but be filled with the Spirit. Mm-hmm. But this whole that idea of being filled with the Spirit, we've been talking about it. That the goal is not just to do things God's way, but to do them God's way by God's power. Yeah. So this idea of being controlled, I think Wes talks about it, uses uses that language of being controlled by the Spirit. Mm-hmm. Another way to say that would be like possessed by the Spirit, like Galatians 2.20. It's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. In this life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the power of the Son of God. Like Christ is actually living his life. Mm-hmm through me that's the goal of this closing the gap between our protection potential and our performance is that idea that we would cease to exist uh in terms of who is seen and -hmm. what is reflected and the presence of god would be able to be experienced and seen through us we shared on the on the hap call last night um this I we talked about in a previous episode as well. Eric Little, like to be able to get to the place where you say that God made me fast, mm-hmm. and I feel His pleasure when I run. It's worship to run. Yes, the Spirit of God is living and working through me in the talents and gifts and abilities that God has given me, and all that thing, all those things of doing it His way and doing it by His power would get us to a place when we're controlled by the Spirit that God would receive the maximum amount of glory that attention would be brought to all those great things that make god god mm-hmm. um yeah so this is like there's tons in this passage but that was the first thing that jumped out to me was this idea of being controlled by the spirit of god yeah and i think so we talk about it and i'll highlight it at the end again but god's power is the piece that west gets right and i want just want to point back real quick to the beginning of chapter five for ephesians And it opens by saying, therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. Mm -hmm. So Wes has said we can't just copy the model of Jesus because we in ourselves don't have the power. So Ephesians 5 says be imitators to imitate, but it doesn't say it doesn't stop there. It says as beloved children. So just think about um, as a child. You look at a child and their mannerisms, the way they look like their parents, the way they walk, the way they, you know, run, the way they, phrases they use. So I don't know if there's anything you've seen, Nick, about Caleb or Sojourn when it's like, oh my goodness, that is me. I, I would love to tell you a story that makes me look really good, but that's not going to happen because this morning, Lindsay and I are in the kitchen. Um getting ready to eat breakfast and Lindsay asks Caleb to do something and he responds with like I'm doing this <laughs> and I'm like get immediately uh, like angry I'm like yeah, hey come here that's not acceptable after he gets a little time out some time to rethink what's going on I realize like oh that tone is my tone mm-hmm. like Lindsay and I are talking we're like oh yeah he gets that from us we gotta. We got. We need to pray. So we stopped and we prayed. Uh, honestly, yeah, it was a really great time with the Lord. But coming out of a place of realizing, like, oh, okay, I'm dropping the ball in the tone, and when I get frustrated, he's picking those things up. And then Sojourn does everything that Caleb does. So mm-hmm. Caleb hits me. Sojourn's gonna hit me. <laughs> Caleb's playing the drums on something. Sojourn's playing the drums on something. Caleb has been screaming, and you may or may not hear it in this episode, but it's happened a couple times already. 
that Sojourn, they're on cue. Um, Sojourn has been like, she just mocks and imitates everything that she does. It looks at us and mocks and imitates everything that we do. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's great, but it's also, if you're modeling the right things, it's great. If you're not modeling the right things, it can be dangerous. Yeah. Um, I, I love the verse and how it talks about being imitators, but first being sons. Um, like because we are sons, we are imitators. Uh, and this book that I'm going through, um, through a couple guys with my church, it's called Wisdom for Kings and Queens by Jared Longshore, just walks through some of the wisdom in Proverbs. But this past week talked about that specific image of acting like Christ and being sons of Christ. And just a, a really good distinction that he made um, was that we do not act like Christ to be sons of Christ. Mm-hmm. So like Caleb and Sojourn, because they act like you doesn't make them your children. They already are your children. And so I think that's a, that's a really cool distinction um, that Christ makes. I mean, right at the beginning of this chapter that you are sons of Christ, like you are sons and daughters of the Lord. So Mm -hmm. therefore walk in his ways. Like it's not this idea of, Hey, walk like this so you can be sons of Christ. So you can be daughters of the Lord. Like, you are these things you are you have been given sonship you've already been into adopted into this family so now teaching us how to act through his spirit instead of telling us hey like this is how you act if you want to become a son of a son of the lord like just that distinction between a goal to a reach and attain and a standard that christ helps us with is so clear um, and so helpful because I mean, that's a, it's a high call <laughs> to be an imitator of Christ. Um, but man, he, he tells us he's coming down uh, and doing this. I think this chapter covers clearly what our role in this is. Yeah. And that's what, um, it takes me back to when Jesus is talking to, I think is Nicodemus. And he says, I, I tell you, unless someone is born again, they cannot, uh, be part of the kingdom of God. And he asks, what, do I need to go back into my mother's womb? And he says, no, some, you know, we need to be reborn. We've been born in sin. We need to be reborn in righteousness. And that's what we, that's what was happened when we are born again, when we're saved, our spirit, which was once fallen and dead and sinful is made righteous and holy. Now, there's work and this is where the role of the Holy Spirit we talk about the last week the role of the Holy Spirit to to bring that out of us so that it comes out in our actions but in our spirit we are sons and daughters of God and we've been made right we're justified and righteous and the Holy Spirit is drawing those things out of us and transforming us from the inside from that renewed spirit to the outside he's transforming us from the inside out um, so we imitate God, not just from mere copying, but so some things Sojourn and Caleb do like unique because the environment they're in and some of it is DNA. Like they will do things because it's wired in their DNA. They might, you know, pre, you know, certain personality styles and things like that. So that is when it Ephesians five says about be imitators of God. That's what it's talking about. It's not just this copy but it's saying you've been made sons and daughters of God and now you're going to begin to look more and more like him because he is becoming more and more a part of you. So that's why I love where Ephesians 5 sets that tone and then Wes goes into the 
what verse is it that all those phrases are 19 to 21. Wes breaks those down and splits those up into three different kind of actions that we do of how we respond to the Holy Spirit uh, at work. Yeah, I think even before we get there, though, is this this idea. I want to make sure that we hit on this, and I think we miss, we, we skipped over it I, um, in prep, but my bad. No, 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 you're good. <laughs> um, so I think this idea of being filled by this, filled with the Spirit, oh, yeah. filled by the mm-hmm. Spirit, kind of connecting that. How can we imitate? Well, good news is is that He doesn't. Anything that He asks us to do, He empowers us to do. He literally gives us the power to do it. But going back to earlier chapters that we've talked about is like, unless we're intentionally and um, consciously trying to think God's thoughts and do things God's way, we won't do it. And even looking at this passage, this idea of being filled, he gives these three little observations. One, Paul writes it as a command. It's not optional. It's not something to think about. It's a command. Be filled with the Spirit. Two, he writes it in a passive voice, uh, showing that like you, even though it's a command, you can't do it. Mm-hmm. Like you need, you need help. And then finally, he he talks about it in the present tense. So, Seth, you were actually talking about this this morning in our staff meeting. This idea of be filled with the Spirit now, mm-hmm. and ten minutes ago, and in ten minutes, mm-hmm. it's this continual thing. But it needs to happen mm-hmm. constantly. Mm-hmm. It's not just a one-time thing like Nicodemus and being born again in the Spirit. Boom, that's a one-time deal. Mm-hmm. Um, where this, being filled with the Spirit, is a conscious and intentional effort. Because these yeah. things that we're going to talk about here, uh, speaking another one, or one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord in your heart, always giving thanks for all things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, to God uh, the Father, and to be subject to one another like we need the spirit i mean like Amen. We're, we're coming into this call and our prayer is like god give us some juice yeah thankfully the lord's delivering like give us some energy we need to wake up like we need help from your spirit we're not always walk, waking up now look my kids are different i am a morning person they're more morning people than even i am mm-hmm. like they wake up Caleb literally singing a lot of days, but um, it takes power from the spirit to do that. Mm-hmm. Yep. So action number one is, and this is pulled right out of Ephesians five um, nineteen to twenty one, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord. So does that mean we're only going to be singing hymns to? We show up to practice and we're all singing hymns to one another. Um, Maybe who knows? Fro- I have I have I have walked up to practice singing more than once. Frosty's teams actually did. Yeah, that's true. Like, so I mean, you might think that this is like, because I'm even thinking, I'm like, how does this apply to athletics? Frosty's teams actually did that. Yeah. So national championship game against Rowan, they're outmatched. Their Rowan's offensive line is averaging 300 across the board. Uh, Pacific Lutheran, they're at 250. Like literally a 50 pound per man difference. And they went into that game singing Christmas carols mm-hmm. to the point where when Rowan was interviewed after the game, they're like, what's what? Like, what do you guys think when you first matched up against these guys? Like, we don't know. They just came out of the locker room singing Christmas carols. Mm-hmm. We didn't know what we were in for. So maybe it is even is a little bit of singing and yeah, and doing that stuff. Yeah. I mean, there definitely is when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, there is a joy. And that's Wes's point because he kind of bolds it here. Um, he says it refers to an outward action 
resulting from your attitude toward God's word. So it's an outward action of an inward work that God has done. So as your heart is conformed and transformed to be like Christ through the Holy Spirit, then that's going to show up in the in our actions. So yeah. again, I think we talked about this last week or two weeks ago, but is your comp the way you show up at practice, to film, to games, or in when things don't go well, are you characterized by frustration, discouragement, and even depression because you bear all the weight and, or you are so discouraged? Like, is that the attitude? Is that the action that results from your attitude? Because that is character of a lot of people, and that's not of God's word. And the same of laziness and not caring and just kind of, okay, whatever happens, happens kind of attitude is also not a biblical attitude. So our actions as we respond to the Holy Spirit will look more like the ad, like will reflect our attitude towards God's word. So Yeah, and that point number two, he talks about uh, giving thanks and giving thanks in all circumstance well not th- that's not this verse that's another verse that's first uh, Thessalonians 5 but uh, always giving thanks in all things that's easy to do when things are good mm-hmm. like that's easy to do when things are good but he uses the illustration of like having a broken leg or a pulled muscle or an outcome like how do we, we I think we talked about this last night joy is sustainable mm-hmm. joy is a sustainable attribute of of the Holy Spirit it's eternal because it's a it's a fruit of the spirit of god so it's an eternal thing um where happiness is fleeting it comes and it goes uh, so how do we find joy in the midst of athletic trial in the midst mm-hmm. of i mean you didn't make the i think he uses the example here maybe this chapter or the next one of like you don't make the roster mm-hmm. i mean we, zach and i met with an athlete um, on Friday, which was really cool. So just quick, quick rabbit trail story. Zach and I are talking to him. We bring up something about the podcast and he's like, that's why you sound familiar. <laughs> he's like, you're, you guys are those guys. So uh, somehow, y'all are getting famous. Now. Some, well, Zach's famous. You know that Zach's Actually, famous. Zach's been famous already. Pancake is, is well renowned on the podcast. Which we're grateful for, <laughs> but we were, he was talking. We were only, we were only. I mean, this kid had joy, and I am thankful for him. And it's great. So, Cam, if, Cameron, if you're listening, bless you, brother. Thankful for you. Um, but he was only able to be there because he didn't make the travel roster, mm-hmm. and like was just fighting to hold that attitude. And he's a college soccer player. Like he is trying to fight to hold that attitude of like, no matter what happens, whether I'm starting and he he was starting at the beginning of the season and now he's not starting Mm. because seniors came back from injury. It's like perspective, perspective by the power, like perspective isn't enough, but perspective in the spirit can lead you to have joy and be literally legitimately be thankful regardless of your circumstance. We talked about this a bunch that Jesus has never promised to make our lives, especially our athletic lives. He's never promised to make them crisis free that like you come to Christ, everything's rainbows, gumdrops and unicorns. That's not it, but it can be crisis proof that regardless our lot, we can say, I'm thankful. I'm always giving thanks in all circumstances. Yeah. And it really just reminds me of something you have said, Nick countless times. I know you've talked about it on the podcast and 
but something that I mean, we started the podcast talking about how we are sons and daughters of Christ, uh, and then something that you have said about your son. Uh, about Caleb when you're talking to him and telling him what to do or something that you need to correct him for it's hey like what is your job it's to trust and obey Um, and I think like this is the perspective that the Holy Spirit gives us in those times of trials because like it's really easy to be fine with where you are when everything is good when you're starting when you're playing well when your season's going well but like man it it is when it comes down to those hard times when you don't make the roster you Mm -hmm. pull or tear your acl um and you're out for a season and you don't know what to do um it is in those hard times where the holy spirit reminds us hey your father is working all things for your good. Mm. It doesn't mean only good things are going to happen to you. Yeah. It means that yeah. everything that happens to you is for your good. And so I think like, yeah. uh, just as you said, like, man, we don't lose crisis. We lose the ability to be swayed and discouraged by crisis. Yeah. And that's the long term over short term mindset. And, and from the framework yeah. that we got to think long term. God is eternal. He's the one who was and is and is to come. This light and momentary affliction that we are going through in this life, and the person who's writing those words, this light and momentary affliction, has been through some stuff yes. that we have not been through. I mean, I think of our our brothers in almost just what came out. I know I locations. Um, I think of brothers and sisters that we're close to that are in hard places where it's illegal to tell people about Jesus that have mm-hmm. spent time in prison. Like, man, my struggle, the Bible even, the Bible even says like, you have not struggled to the point of bloodshed. Yes. Like you're not to that point in your struggle against sin that you're shedding blood at this point. But there are people who have, Yep. And even in that, so God's the one who was and is and is to come, has been around forever, has been around before being around, has been around. He, the eternal God of the universe, is saying, zoom out. Yeah. Zoom out because your life is but a vapor. Yeah. This season we get to play sports is even shorter than our life. Yeah. The season we get to coach is even shorter than our life. So we got to, man, that's such a good principle. Think long term over short term. And it's been that principle, uh, along with a couple others, has been so helpful in this weight loss journey for me yeah. in making short term decisions is how does this line up for where I'm going? Yeah. How does this line up for me to close the gap where God's taken me? Mm. Yeah. And I just want to say one more note. We talk about Thanksgiving, especially in the midst of trial. Even if everything seems to going wrong and you can't find a specific thing to be thankful for, we can be thankful that we have a God who walks with us through whatever we're going through. Because this is the problem where so many of us view God as this guy up in heaven kind of help. Even if he speaks to us, he's leading or he's making things happen from up on high, but that's not the God we serve. We have a God who, first of all, through Jesus, stepped down to be with us and to take on our penalty and face. The Bible says that there is no temptation that we have ever faced, no trouble we've we've faced that he has not yet endured. Um, so we have a God who can sympathize with us, yeah. but not only that, he leaves us the Holy Spirit to dwell in us and he walks with us there's nothing you go through you don't have a god who sits up in heaven and watches you you have a god who step who steps in beside you and not only that you have a holy spirit that the bible says is advocating for you to the father um so 
if nothing else, when we go through things, we have those things to be thankful for of the God that we serve, even if it seems like nothing here on earth mm-hmm. is going our way. Um, so Thanksgiving, I mean, and a real, I'll say this about heroes of the faith that I have that I know, an attribute of all of them is their joy and their thanks, their thanksgiving, their gratefulness. Mm-hmm. People who really are filled with the Holy Spirit and follow God with a whole heart, a new mind, a strong will, and a great passion, they exemplify and radiate joy and thanksgiving. Yeah, Lindsay and I went on a went on a retreat last winter with some FCA staff people. And I don't know if he's still the chaplain for the PGA Tour or the former chaplain. His la- I'm going to butcher his first name. Last name's Moody. Sorry, Sean. And anyway, but he talked about he did some couples counseling with a couple who was on the tour um, or former or formerly on the tour or somewhere around golf. But that's the advice that he gave him was write down a list of what you're thankful for about your spouse. And they were mm-hmm. like convinced we're getting divorced. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to write down things, but he gave them a list of like, write three things you're thankful for. And then when they did that and shared it, he gave them, he's like 10 things. I'm like I can't do 10 things, 20 things. There is so much to be thankful for. Mm-hmm. There's so much. To be, I mean, talk about an exercise as an athlete or yes. a coach that will help you is take a step back. I challenge you, take a step back and write down, ask the Holy Spirit. He's here. He's our advocate. He's the one who's going to lead us into truth. Yep. So we just ask him, it's like, mm-hmm. what, what, what do I have that I'm thank that I should be thankful for? Yes. And write it down, write down a list of 10 things. Yeah. Write down a list of 20 things. Yeah. Post them up in your locker, post them in your car. And be reminded of all that God has done and is doing. Yeah, that's that's an activity that God has brought to my mind many times. I've just been having a bad day because things are not going well, or I'm honestly just in a bad mood and I know I'm wrong. Um, I just start sitting there naming and praying to the Lord about things I'm thankful for, and it helps. It's 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 like medicine to the soul. But we need to get to point number three. So point number three is is being subject to one another in fear of Christ. And I think that in fear of Christ is so important here because we're not subject to one another, even because of one another, but it's because none of us, when we view ourselves, again, we talk about perspective in view of Christ, none of us are anything. Mm -hmm. So if you think you don't have to subject yourself to someone else, then you think way too much of yourself because in view of Christ, we are all fallen, we're dead, we're sinners, if it wasn't for his grace and his goodness. And this plays into the submission versus unsubmission. I had a thing today. I was in a meeting. There's some things that I thought shared opinion in a meeting, and it was pretty much just shot down. They won't go in a different direction. And that's good. I'm a member of the team, and I'm going to help them achieve their goal because I'm not the leader of the team. I am just there to help. So I'm all in in that direction. And that's being subject to one another. That's respecting and subjecting yourself to authority and submission versus unsubmission, even when it's difficult and when you don't agree, especially when it's difficult and when you don't agree. Yeah, submission first resistance. We're we're constantly presented with these opportunities to sub. And I obviously it's the Bible, so it's good. But submit to one another out of reverence for Christ, out of the fear. And the Bible tells us the fear of the Lord, reverence for the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Yes. So we can't know each other properly without rocking in the lane of submission. 
Yeah, and I think like, I mean, just that small image of like, you don't submit to those around you. You don't submit to authority when we're talking about that for fear of those around you or authority. We submit to him. We submit to them, uh, those around us and the authority because of who we know our God to be. And especially when it comes to moments of strong resistance, strong uh, disagreement, like the reason we submit to that is not because we think that they ultimately are right, but we know that we can trust God in who he is and not who they are or even who mm. we are. Yeah. So if you have a coach or uh, if you're a coach and you have an athletic director, you're a assistant coach, you have a head coach and you think, I don't want to submit to them because they're wrong or they're this or that. Well, news for you. It, I mean, the Bible doesn't say submit to one another when you because feel like they're it. right. Or submit to one another because they're a great person. They may have an attitude. They may not treat you well. They, it says submit to one another. Why? Out of reverence for Christ. So there is, I mean, that really takes out any. Now, I'm not going to say there's never a reason we need to. Co- <laughs> I'm not going to say. I know you guys can't see. Nick is just like fired up over yeah, here. You got me juiced up right now. Let's go. Um there, I'm, I'm not going to say there's never a situation where we need to confront or deal with things, but we need to discern that again by the leading of the Holy Spirit, not just by our own passions and wills and desires. But we submit not because they are worth submitting to, but be, out of fear and reverence for Christ and because of our ultimate submission to him. Yeah, and jumping back to last chapter. So this last chapter was kind of the role of the Spirit in athletics. This chapter is our responsibility to the Spirit. So the fruit of the spirit, patience, and uh, is is being able to endure and remain steadfast even when we're being wronged. So that idea of submission, even when we're being wronged. And look, I struggle with it. I always have ideas of how things should be done differently and better. Mm-hmm. And I'm critical. It can be helpful, but when the when the enemy gets a hold of it, it's damaging. It's not good. Yeah. It's it's not in the lane that we need to be. But that's our responsibility to the spirit is like to continually be evaluating. Like, am I exhibiting when it comes to competition? Am I exhibiting the fruit of the spirit? Like, am I being filled by the spirit? Because if I'm filled by the spirit, I should be exhibiting fruit. That's my responsibility. It's our responsibility to evaluate that. Uh, and in knowing that we're going to fall short, like sin is going to take part. We're going to respond poorly. I love those illustrations from the last chapter that carried over here with dude gets tagged really hard and just gets up swinging or the basketball player who's afraid of everything. Like we are going to get out of step with the spirit, but it's our responsibility. And we talked about this in our staff meeting today. God will come at times and confront us in our sin. But I also want to be proactive. I will, like just in relationship. I don't, I don't wait for arguments with Lindsay to figure out ways that I'm being annoying or that I'm, I'm falling short or I'm not being the best husband I can be. It's my job as her husband, even like in this whole submission language, because the roles of husbands and wives come after. We're not going to dive deep in there. It's my job as a husband in the whole submission lane to die for her so that it's like, okay, yeah, I'll follow him. Like, it's not a question. Like, that's my job is to make it easy. Is like, okay, yeah, he's willing to lay his life down for me. 
and it's just as simple as us confessing and repenting. Like John, First John one nineteen, or yeah, First John one nine. If we confess our sin, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But if we keep walking in sin and walking in sin and walking in sin, the Holy Spirit is a person who can be grieved, who can be quenched, um, and who can be. Well, who can be grieved and quenched? We'll just leave it with those two. Uh, so it's our responsibility to continue to maintain that relationship because we know he's pursuing us. But we get the, we get the opportunity to, to respond and repent and call out when we fall short and then get right back on the train and get moving. Yeah, and I think Wes just closed with a, an incredible like amount of uh, examples of like ways we fall short and he just calls it first reactions um, when we're looking to see hey are we following in step with the spirit similar to last week when we talked about those fruits of the spirit like hey a good litmus test of where we can find ourselves is our first reaction to everything and he just talks about anger released in a temper outburst is not the work of the holy spirit fear because of the crowd or a game situation is not the spirit jealousy indifference to coaches breaking training rules and critical remarks of our teammates are not the work of the spirit um, it just says stay alert for your first reactions if it is not what jesus was do and he gives us these three really clear really simple steps to take in order to gain back that right standing and mend our relationship with the holy spirit and with the lord the first one is just agree hey hey i wasn't right there uh admit confess acknowledge the lord hey like i was wrong in my attitude i was wrong in my actions and then second one believe that he is the one who mm remove that barrier between you two of the sin that you just committed uh, and then thirdly rely on the holy spirit to empower you in gaining his perspective once again rewriting yourself uh, and zooming back out as we mm -hmm. talked about earlier zooming back out looking at where you are looking at who he is and adjusting your attitudes and actions to that instead of what's happening in front of you Woo, man that was that was a, a conversation that we had today and we we came into this conversation a little tired if yeah. you can believe it we could keep going but so, we'll end it for you guys i know so we might keep going when we turn off the mics i don't know you you just got to join in the hap calls oh yeah so we'll see you on the first and the 15th of november and we can continue these oh convos. yes go great transition nick because i was going to say um if you want to continue <laughs> nick's dancing down here in the basement uh, <laughs> um you would not know that he that we were yawning in here before we started. Mm -hmm. That's what the Holy Spirit does, though. Thank you, Lord. Um, so, we uh, yes, we welcome you to come and join us on our on our calls for the Handbook on Athletic Perfection. We have coaches, we have high school athletes, college athletes, and it's open to parents as well. So come on out and join us. We think it'll be beneficial. The link. The link to do that, to register for that, will be in the description as well as a link to the videos of Ron Brown's videos doing this. So um, go check those out and and share this. I mean, if, if this has really had an impact on you, I challenge you to share this with someone. Reach out to them. And, and if you want a copy of the handbook, go. You can order one on Cross Training Publishing or we have some. Email us, contact us, and we would be able to get one to you. So... Uh, until then, and as much as I enjoyed this conversation this week, next week I'm really excited for our conversation, and I think it's going to be extremely beneficial to us and, and to see and understand some things that happen on that 
are going on and happen to Christians when they compete in sport. So until then, until next time, you guys keep growing and do it God's way, God's power, and for God's glory. Fill them up.